Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cheap Seats. It's episode four. I'm here with Ella. I'm Aaron. You already know me. And we're going to get into our fourth episode today. We did a lot and we have a lot to get to because uh, we had a long weekend. So we're just get right, going to get right down into the nitty gritty, uh, get into the wrestling segment. To kick off the show, me and Ella went to a wrestling show over this weekend. Uh, it was New Japan Autumn Attack Night 2. It was a great time. And it was in the Curtis Colwell Center, Dallas, Texas. Uh, so let me just say that I love these tiny arenas. I think yeah. little places are so fun. I've always liked going to basketball at the Lloyd Noble Center. And that similar size for wrestling was a hoot and a half. It was actually really cool. There were, uh, there, there were only literally just maybe hundreds of people, maybe even less than that. Yeah, I'm sent, my guess is maybe 250. But anyway, it was just a great little event. Uh, it was like a – Ella, you, you know this better than I do. How does New Japan kind of do their show? Yeah, so this was a TV taping for New Japan Strong, which is the, uh, the American thing that they started up during COVID to try and have stuff filming in the U.S. And it's been filming in L.A. on a closed set. But now they're traveling and they're doing some tapings at different locations throughout the U.S. Okay. Because yeah. I knew it was a taped show and people mm -hmm. are only going to see it, like, what, a few months from now? <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, we're definitely way ahead of what they're currently airing. I don't know what the taping schedule is like. Uh, it's kind of similar to Impact, as far as I can tell, in that they do them in big blocks. Okay. If that makes sense. No, that so, makes sense. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think when NXT wasn't live, that's kind of what they did. So people will see it eventually, and they've got a lot to look forward to. So anyway, uh, the show was fantastic, and we had some great matches on there. Um, my favorite match, uh, this was kind of um, – Ella told me on the way down to Dallas after, uh, after the OU game on Saturday that um, – this match was added kind of last minute. Is that what you said? Well, yeah, I, uh, it was added last weekend, I believe. I mean, the weekend before last, because I listened to the only time in my life I will ever listen to the Longhorn Radio Network. Uh, I listened to an interview that they were having with Juice Robinson and Jay White on there on uh, sports guys watching wrestling or something was the segment. I don't know. It sounded more like your kind of thing. But I listened to the interview and Juice Robinson was talking about his current problems with Higaleo and how that the only way to really settle it when in Texas is to have a Texas bull rope match. Yeah. So the match, the match was, uh, it had no time limit, which helped immensely. New Japan has time limits on all of their matches, kind of like how AEW does because the, uh, if you watch Dynamite Grand Slam, uh, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega went to a time limit draw. What did match I say? The, yeah, and Ella predicted that. It was the perfect booking decision, too. Uh, the match was fantastic. But the, this, this Texas bull rope match between the flamboyant Juice Robinson and Hikuleo was just absolutely fantastic. They had a spot where like Juice Robinson put a trash can on Hikuleo and started beating him with the cowbell. Mm -hmm. they, they ran chairs into each other. and It was... It was just so great because it, it, and I, I have a, me and Ella have a theory of why uh, Juice Robinson won this match in the end, which I'm mm -hmm. actually so great about. There were so many Bullet Club people in attendance 
and it was just great. Oh, there and were. It, it was, was just great to see uh, Hikaleo, part of the Bullet Club, lose. <laughs> uh, Juice Robinson was dressed for the occasion. In any match we've seen like this in AEW, uh, like Dustin Rhodes in a bunkhouse match, was dre- he wore jeans and cowboy boots and a tank top. Um, let's see. What, what, it, there was the leather strap match too, right? Mm-hmm. But, even, I mean, even QT Marshall dressed up for the bunkhouse match, and we all know that he is famously no fun. Yeah, so Juice Robinson came in in, his, in some jeans, his uh, all-over-the-place colorful wrestling boots, mm-hmm. and a tank top. He had a bandana tied around one of his knees. It was just classic uh, tough-guy wrestler look. It was beautiful. And Hikaleo came out in his lame old normal ring gear. Yeah. And I think that, that's kinda, that was the edge that put Juice Robinson over <laughs> got to be the deciding factor yes Elle, what was your favorite my favorite is so hard to pick because i loved all the matches for different reasons i loved the massive 10-man tag seeing you really get into it in that match i think to start out with with uh our favorite funky weapon yeah there's a guy uh yes yeah what was his name ella i forgot his yeah yeah taguchi is a guy who wears these bright green wrestling tights and it says funky weapon on his butt okay and he uses his butt as a weapon it's literally his entire move set it's a butt-based offensive style and it's I a butt-based it's, offensive style but that was you know that was my favorite for getting to see you really get into it obviously i loved getting to see switchblade jay white wrestle in person do all of his usual you know coming in we're gonna phone it in with this kid i have no idea who he is and then daniel darcy actually gave him a fight a great match but i think my favorite ultimately was the match that we drove seven hours to see it really was the match we drove seven hours to see <laughs> the main event i loved seeing minor suzuki and lance archer kick ass it was beautiful uh really well paced match in my opinion and then also just a lot of fun and the reason i have massive vocal fry today from absolutely screaming along to the theme song it was it was just a great great show the wrestling was great i got to see a diff it was very different from what i'm used to seeing the only other wrestling show that i've actually seen in person is uh it was a monday night raw several years ago that i saw with my brother and there was an anonymous raw gm i got to see john cena and that was probably the highlight of the night I, other than and that that's i don't the remember point. that's the reason I, other than it. that i really don't remember anything about it uh ella how because you, you you went to uh, mm-hmm. AW All Out. It was a pay-per-view, yes. so I'm sure this felt – it felt a lot smaller. And I think that's the biggest comparison between the two. This was just so small. I don't know. I think it was – they were both a lot of fun in different ways. All Out, we were uh, much, much closer to the ring. And uh, here, Aaron and I were in – not the very back. There was a row behind us. But at the same time, it still felt very close and very uh, personal because of the small crowd. And that was something that I had really enjoyed about All Out, really hearing how loud it was when people hit the mat, getting to, you know, hear the wrestlers hollering at each other, seeing everything down on the floor. Um, And we got to see that here, too. And I think the small crowd really helped. Uh, It was very different, but it was fun in its own way. And I am totally going to try and drag Aaron to some kind of tiny indie show wherever I can find it in Oklahoma in the future. Well, if, if you want, you could, uh, I don't know, next time I'm in Tulsa, 
we can we can go to Elote and see Let's and see that. their luchador wrestling. Get some get some good Mexican food and see some really kind of bottom of the barrel luchador stuff. Do you want to explain briefly what Elote does? Yeah, so Elote um for for those of you listening that that aren't from Oklahoma or Tulsa, it's a it's a Mexican restaurant in downtown Tulsa. And one of the things that makes them so different is that they have their own set of uh, Lucha Libre wrestlers who will perform on certain nights. They just put a ring in the middle of the restaurant, kind of close to the window, and everyone just kind of sits around that. And it it really is kind of the epitome of like dinner theater at that point. (laughs) I've never seen it in person. I've just heard about it. And I bet it's just an absolute riot. That definitely needs to go on the list. Yeah. So in terms of what I can compare Raw to uh, to the New Japan show, obviously I saw Monday Night Raw in the BOK Center, mm. for one. Uh, and I was really far away from the ring. But something that I couldn't hear on Raw – was the wrestlers talking to each other in the ring. And at this show, there was so much interaction between the wrestlers and the fans. That was great. Uh, somebody, I forgot who it was that actually said they were going to do something. They, they asked the crowd, you want to see this? And then... Yeah, it was Juice Robinson. You want to see a DDT? Yeah, that's what... Yeah, Juice Robinson, gave, yeah Juice Robinson gave Hikaleo a DDT on the outside of the ring and before he did it he just shouted out to the crowd y'all want to see a ddt and everyone just said yes and he gave hikaleo a ddt on the outside of the ring it was just so fun it was a ton of fun and then also i think that the uh the small crowd helped us have a little bit more fun chit-chatting with some of the other fans and by chit-chatting i mean yelling back and forth at mr too sweet whoop whoop in the front row too sour yeah (laughs) You're spicy. Yeah. I, <laughs> Don't I get me wrong. Bullet Club is probably my favorite NJPW fashion, but only for murder and storyline related reasons. <laughs> I am a big fan of how dysfunctional they are. I am not sitting here in the front row of a pay-per-view in my bright yellow t-shirt with my Bullet Club flag blaring at the person with the small child in the row behind me who's cheering for the good guys. Not to call anyone out by name, but they were very similar fans. Of the New well, you didn't call them out by name. Exactly. I don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so the small crowd helped and hurt in a way, in my opinion. I don't know. It kind of, it just changed the atmosphere. Yeah. But I don't know. It didn't, it definitely didn't sound like that as we went through the show. It sounded a lot more full than it was. Mm-hmm. Also, it Curtis did. Caldwell Center, might I add, is a very nice arena. I kind of, I really, really liked the venue it is yeah they had a really good facilities yeah so can't recommend that enough for a show if you're ever in dallas and want to see something cool good beer too yeah ella down what you had three of them um no just two some i had some yeah ella had some (laughs) ella had some beer and so uh now we covered that um aw grand slam was last week we had dynamite and rampage uh, I got to see Dynamite, did not get to see Rampage. Ella got to see both. 
I did. I did. Um, and I definitely enjoyed them very much. Dynamite Maybe. was a great show. Uh, Rampage, Ella, fantastic show, I assume. Yes, Rampage, fantastic. I gotta say, all week, my favorite match was the time limit draw. Brian yeah, I mean, they built it up. They built it up for, no for that to happen. Like, there yeah. was no way it, it was not going to be everyone's favorite match. It Just was also TV. the only match that week that caused me any kind of injury, which is how into it I got. I believe yeah. I told you about this tailgate, but I was busy cooking dinner as Dynamite came on. And so oh. I was running back over from the stove to try and get to the TV because I am hearing uh, the trap remits of Ride of the Valkyries. What? Yeah. Flight of the Valkyries, yeah. And I decide to step over the coffee table using my ottoman, which I have forgotten is inflatable. The ottoman slides, my entire left side of my body hits the floor, and I spend the rest of dynamite with ice on my hip. At least it made, at least it made you stay on the couch. At least I made it. You made it, much. and you had Perfect. no reason to get up for the rest of the show. <laughs> exactly. So uh, going into this week, uh, there's a lot we can take from Grand Slam and what could happen in the future. Um, Miro and Sammy Guevara are kind of setting up here for, for a TNT title match on, that's going to take place on Dynamite here. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, Sammy Guevara seems like the kind of star that would be able to beat Miro. I just don't know if he actually can. And it might be just m- my body wanting Eddie Kingston to do it instead. Because that's still kind of unresolved. See, I think that I don't think that Sammy Guevara will beat Miro the first time, or if he does, I don't think he'll beat him for very long. I think they'll go back and forth for a bit with this, especially because they've been building things up with Guido del Sol. And at some point, we can get Miro in with some kind of dad team partner and have a couple of those matches as well. Uh, my one of the most fantastic things of Rampage was Ricky Starks and Taz on commentary absolutely losing their minds in a good way at Miro's complete beat down of Sammy and Fuego. That was a great deal of fun, but I want to see more of that. And so I think they'll go back and forth for a bit. So, so you don't think Miro would win or you, so you don't know, you don't think Sammy would win. I don't think he'll win the first time he fights Miro, or I don't think if he does win, he will keep the belt for very long. I think Miro will get it back. And do you think they'll circle back to an Eddie I do, Eddie yes. Kingston I think story. eventually we're going to circle back to a long Eddie Kingston TNT title reign. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I really – so you said that they might be building an Eddie Kingston-Miro fight for full gear? I think maybe. If that happens, Eddie Kingston has to absolutely win. Because they, what they've done now is they've built up kind of an option for Miro and Sammy and Fuego to feud for a little while. Right. And then we get to full gear in November and hopefully Miro and Eddie Kingston are back in the picture and then Eddie can win that title. I think it would be a lot of fun. It's a shame they couldn't do it on Grand Slam, but uh, I do feel like it would have been a little too soon because up to this point, Eddie was really uh Miro's most premier title defense and I think he needs some more of those and Sammy might actually help with that Mm -hmm. I think Sammy can really build some credibility to his title reign because I think that's one of the the biggest arguments people have against it like because who is who has Miro's best 
title defense come against? Like, I see where you're going with this, but at the same time, I'm going to immediately disagree with you because I think Nero's going to look just as imposing against literally anyone. It's a good, that, that, that is a good point. You know? That is a good point. It also helps that his very, his very first defense was against Lance Archer. Right. Who's just, another, who's just another version of him. Different, different flavor of Big Steery Dude, but still one I enjoy. Yeah. So, uh, next, I, I, okay, so I got it. We got to talk about trios titles now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of uh, kind of buzz around AEW for introducing not just one, but two new titles. First of which, uh, well, we're going to get to the second one after this, but trios titles I think are very important. AEW's kind of made it a thing to uh, to put a bunch of stables together. And none of these stables are even that big. Like if you look, so you look at the Bullet Club in New Japan, they got like 20 guys. I tried to count in the car home. Like I'm sitting here driving back from Dallas, trying to count how many people are actually currently in the Bullet Club. And I just keep losing count over and over. Did yeah. not come up with the final number, by the way. Yeah, like I think the only comparable kind of long-term stable that had that many people in it might have actually been the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's too, it, don't you do the too sweet to me. It's too sour. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that AEW all... has uh, talked about trios titles a lot and it would be a great way to utilize these fashions a little bit. Yeah. Cause so you, you go through the list of factions in AEW and they're all small. Like, right. I don't think any of them have more than like five people in it other than Dan Lambert's group. Well, Dark Order is the biggest, isn't it? And Dark, Dark Order would be the biggest and longest yeah. running. Yeah. But other than that, uh, like you have the Super Click, uh, Team Taz may, might have Hook debuting soon, so they'll have three people. Jurassic Express, you can do any combination with them, like Marco Stunt, Christian Cage. Mm-hmm tagging with Jurassic Express and, and Jungle Boy, who has a match against Adam Cole this week. Jungle Boy and Adam Cole is going to be on Dynamite this week. That's going to be and the coolest thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so, so good. And then another group you have, like I, I would be so in favor of them just being an early, uh, just in the mix early for the, for the trios titles. 2.0 plus Daniel Garcia would just be absolutely fantastic. And then obviously there's the HFO, who's really loose. I think 2.0 and Daniel Garcia would be a lot of fun because I really love the uh, father-son dynamic that AEW has going on with so many of their little groups. Yeah. And 2.0 as Daniel Garcia's dads are probably my favorite thing happening in the tag team division right now outside of our champs. Yeah. And so like the HFO, you could just mix Matt Hardy with any of the tag teams affiliated. But like, I think, I think the group that would, be most eligible for the trios titles out of the HFO would be Matt Hardy plus private party. Yes. Cause they were, that was the original three that put together the group. Butcher and the blade are kind of also there. Yes. Personally, I would love to see trios titles for one main reason, which is that I want to see how very fine and normal Kenny Omega feels after the unbutts and Adam Cole win a trios title. Uh, you'd have to look at that on BTE. I, I watched BTE. I, I think yet. I watched BTE last week. And I saw nothing about Kenny Omega being upset about Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, but they're probably going to do a slow burn. That's kind of their MO. Um, 
I can't watch BT when it comes out anymore because I'm at work. And so I have to wait until like evening and then I don't remember. I forget that it exists. Yeah. Um, it, it would be, it would be cool to see, but it's going to take like a million years for this to happen again. Because yeah. when Adam, because when Adam Cole debuted in AEW, Kenny Omega is just like, are you kidding me? You thought he was going to turn on us. He's our best friend. I know, I know they're going to build it up slowly, but eventually he's going to find out. What is he going to find out? I, I won't say anything about that. He'll find out something. What is he going to find out? Something. You know, his accidental severe case of food poisoning that put him in a multi-year uh, state of almost, mostly dead, uh, and yet still somewhat alive. He'll, he'll just maybe look into that a little bit more at some point. You think Adam Cole's going to find out and this is going to come to a boiling point? Mm, you know, secrets the, don't say the very elite, The elite may or may not shatter. You know, not to miss franchises here, but I feel like uh, Dead Men Telling No Tales is definitely not true for uh, AEW at the moment. So. Parts of the Caribbean is always applicable, Ella. Never, never <laughs> let anyone tell you different. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to Trio's titles and I'm hoping they debut them soon. So um, now for the, the second championship that, that I've heard rumored, um, AEW is going to be moving to, uh, or well, AEW Dynamite is going to be moving in the same time slot to TBS right. on Wednesdays because uh, TNT has recently signed a deal with the NHL and that will end up taking the TNT time slot away from from AEW so they're well they're so they're keeping the same time slot just on a di on TNT's sister channel of TBS might have been nice if they had moved dynamite for hockey last year well what, what's your problem with it so you know then it maybe made it oh, not be coming uh, on at the same time as hockey last year I, I see your problem with this here we are uh, now fine whatever <laughs> um Anyway, like, so the, since there's already a TNT title, there's been talk of putting in the TBS title, except where the TNT title is a men's mid-card title, the TBS championship would be the women's mid-card title. And I think this would be the best thing as AEW's women's division continues to grow. Mm -hmm. You would have two titles to push. The women's division is growing rapidly and you already have so many women that could make a legitimate claim to the AEW women's title. Uh, like Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa is obviously the next feud for the AEW women's championship. But for the TBS championship, you could have so many things. You could give Nyla Rose the title again, which would actually give her some credibility because at the moment she really does have none. She really doesn't, and that's a shame because I absolutely love her. I want to she, see her. She has more. no credibility whatsoever at this point. Uh, you could give it to Ty Conti. You could give it to Anna Jay. You could give it to – heck, you could, you, you, could, you could give it to Ruby Soho as the first yeah. as the first uh, TBS champion. I think that would help her immensely since she already lost her first title shot to Britt Baker. In a, Personally, in a, I would really a pretty like decent to match. Sheeta back on TV. Oh, you you could give it to Sheeta as well. See, That's there there are so many options here that uh, out of those women that we listed, I really don't think there's any wrong direction. 
No. So. I think that the only uh, Jade Cargill is the only one that we've really forgotten. Who is Jade Cargill? Yeah. See, I see. Yeah. There, there are so many choices. I keep forgetting. AEW's women's division is so stacked, and I would really like to see two women's matches on every show, and like at minimum. But that's something that I think the title could really help with is giving you know the women's division multiple storylines going on at the moment. The one thing they've been doing recently, it seems like, has been throwing a lot of women into a variety of men's fashion storylines, which I think is really good and fun. But also I think that titles are just the number one, maybe cliche, but tool in wrestling to give feuds some kind of importance and adding this other one would be really helpful. Well, it's really easy to do so. Yeah. There are lots Even... of things that we could do to make more time for the women and AEW just hasn't because wrestling historically just hasn't. But I, the, TB, the TBS championship, I think, is a great way to oh. actually help do that. Yes. And also, it, it, it will continue to grow on Rampage as well. Yeah, it definitely will. And I think Rampage is another uh, handy thing for this. I think we should go back to an hour of Rampage. I think the two hours didn't really work. Well, but... I, the, 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 that, was the, that was the thing for Grand Slam. And I think yeah. it probably will go back to, uh, to a one-hour show. Uh, the two-hour time slot on Rampage really doesn't work because it's at nine o'clock at night. And then for it's people in late. other parts of the country, it's at ten o'clock at night, and you're getting done at midnight. And like, even though that main event match was absolutely fantastic, you're still getting done at midnight. Yeah, and and it's really tough uh, to compete with with SmackDown on that slot. You don't want to make you don't want to make a Friday night war when right. you're not even using your flagship show. Right. And you don't want people who watch both shows to be watching, you know, three, two, three, however many hours SmackDown is. And then also two hours of Rampage. SmackDown is two hours. Raw is three. Okay. So. For now. Yeah. I, it would be so a bad idea. It would be a bad idea for AEW to make Rampage two hours forever and then maybe direct, try to directly compete with, with SmackDown. Because at the moment, SmackDown is still WWE's best product. Right. And Rampage isn't even the flagship show on AEW's list. I mean, isn't SmackDown technically the Rampage of WWE? Uh, like in the purest technical terms. I, I, I don't even think so. I think it's just their second show. And the way they do it, it I don't think you could qualify it as a secondary show. I think Sorry. Raw is intended to be the big, to, to be yeah, the big draw. Yeah, I mean, Monday Night Raw is the, the, the but, show. Be, but because of the brand split, they're two completely different things. And I don't know how it works out the way because it's the same writer's staff. Uh, it's not like the wrestlers are taught any different. Right. It's just that one show is three hours, the other is two. And I don't know how one show could actually be written so much poorer than the other one. Well, let's talk about Raw. And yeah, and speaking of, we can talk about Raw, uh, which, I mean, as I said last week, Raw was pretty decent. Raw was actually pretty good again last night. I meant to watch all of it, but uh, I saw some highlights from it uh, earlier today. And I, I, so I heard about this happening as a kind of like a, a I guess... No, no, it would it would be uh, 
a side effect from, I guess, Raw last week. Because mm-hmm. Biggie and Bobby Lashley hate each other now. And or, or. Uh, so Biggie and Bobby Lashley had uh, had a title match to, to kick off the show instead of a 20-minute promo, which is interesting. That's not normal. So they had that title match to start off the show, but it basically became a 20-minute promo because uh, some of Bobby Lashley's old friends, the Hurt Business, which made up of Shelton wow. Benjamin... See, and I know the Hurt Business. Shelton Benjamin and, uh, oh. Cedric Alexander. Cedric and Alexander. Lloyd. Forgot the and other Jimmy guy. Lloyd. Yeah. Yes. They are reemployed uh, because MVP is gone. That might have been a nece- that might have necessitated this since MVP is injured. Mm-hmm. And so they came out and stared at Big E, causing Big E to get distracted and get hit by a Bobby Lashley spear. <laughs> they literally stared at him outside the ring. It was terrible. That's what they do. It was That's so annoying. Does. But anyway, so the New Day came out to save them, to, sa- to save Big E. Mm-hmm. Because you can't just stare at someone and distract them and cause them to lose the match. That's bull crap. No, it is. So uh, the match ended in a DQ because that, it, that spilled into the ring. And then one of the Raw GMs came out and said, this match will have a real conclusion tonight. And we're going to do it in the main event Bobby Lashley versus Big E in a steel cage. They had a surprise steel cage. They had, I, I don't know. I don't know because it still had the chains attached to the ceiling. I, I bet the steel cage was there, but they didn't think. The crowd probably wasn't sure how they were going to do that. But yeah, it was basically a surprise steel cage match. <laughs> I kind of love that. I also kind of hate it. Um, I can't really decide. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's always a steel cage match is always fun. A steel cage is always but fun. But I will say, I, just, I will say, thing. I think you'd hate the WWE steel cage. Why would I hate the WWE steel cage? It's small. Is it like the one we saw at WrestleMania? Uh, Where I was complaining about the cage. I'm not sure. Um, and specifically, when I was looking at the highlights for this match, the 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 cage just looked short. That's a shame. It looked short. The AEW steel cage is big enough to do a scary-ass moonsault off the top. It's an imposing cage. It's an imposing cage. This cage was just not as big. Makes me sad. uh, That might just be because of the way they do the steel cage matches in WWE, where you can win by escaping. In AEW, that's not a choice. No. In AEW, all of their cage matches have been won by pinfall or submission. Which is how it should go. I'm sorry. Yes. That's, that's how it needs to work. So, anyway, Biggie won. Biggie won this match, and it was good for his title ring because he actually managed to pin okay. Big. He managed to pin Bobby Lashley uh, cleanly. No, no, no bullcrap there. But, and all this is leading to Bobby Lashley's next feud, which is going to be a great big program between him. And Goldberg, who returned last night, <laughs> guess no, where that? Really? Yeah, guess really? where that? Guess where that match is going to take place? It, oh gosh, Aaron, is it going to happen in Beirut, in Azerbaijan? Perhaps it's going to be taking place in Saudi Arabia <laughs> at WWE Crown Jewel. I know how you feel about that. <laughs> I feel—that's oh, disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. This whole combination of things just is 
the worst thing I've ever heard. I'm surprised my dad didn't message me on Twitter about it because every time Goldberg is on his television, he lets me know how old he looks. I don't, I don't think it was a big deal this time around because uh, I don't think anybody cares about Goldberg anymore. <laughs> I just, uh, just Saudi Arabia. Why? Don't do this. After, after that Undertaker match he had in Saudi Arabia yeah, a few years ago, uh, I think people stopped kind of caring because he, he buried the fiend too. Right. Buried the fiend. And we looked how we saw how that aged. Uh, he buried Kevin Owens to prevent a fantastic WrestleMania main event between what would have been Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think people are as stoked on, on uh, Goldberg as they used to be. As they shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to get, through this year real quick. Uh, several other titles were on the line. I don't know why they put the 24-7 title on the line in a match because that's just not how that works. Not how the 24-7 title works. That's not how the 24-7 title works. It was Ricochet versus Reggie, and I just... No, 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 no. Why is Ricochet in the 24-7 title picture? Because why? Reggie Because Reggie does cool flip stuff. I don't know. I don't know who Reggie is. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this just makes me sad. Reggie, Reggie was a former, I think he was a former Cirque du Soleil guy. That's why he's so acrobatic. But yeah, it was, Hashtag it ended in a DQ guy. because there, there's a whole group of guys that are all kind of teaming up to try to get the 24-7 title. How can a 24-7 title, first of all, match, second of all, end in a DQ? The thing that you can pick I know that, for. So when I was looking at this, when I was looking at this, I was like, how the heck is it possible for a 24-7 title to end a match to end in a DQ? Because the point is, a referee is supposed to be present at all times. If a referee is present, then the 24-7 title is on the line. Right. The referee was still there, and which like means Reggie still could have lost the title, but the match ended in a DQ anyway. It, it makes no sense. That's just, you know what? I'm not even going to try and come up with some logic for that. All I'm going to say is free ricochet. I, this makes me so sad. I know. It, it really is disheartening to see. Let's move on. <laughs> on a brighter note, uh, Seamus versus Damian Priest happened on Raw. Oh, yeah, Seamus. Yes. She, uh, Seamus lost. Damian Priest is still the U.S. champion. That's good stuff. That is good so stuff. Special place in my heart for Seamus. I do this thing where when the Royal Rumble comes around, I give my friends who have no idea what wrestling is the list of entries, the list of entrants absolutely sight unseen, and have them pick a winner. And one of my very dear friends has pitched Sheamus several times. And Sheamus has not won. <laughs> we love him anyway. We love yes. him anyway, but Damian Priest, U.S. champion, good for him. Uh, and the other title, the last title match. Uh, so th this is actually, that's four title matches on Monday Night Raw, which is actually pretty good. four title matches on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but this one also go, just goes into the disappointing pile with uh, Ricochet versus Reggie for the 24-7 title. This did not end in DQ, but the way it ended is just ridiculous because it keeps a feud open. Uh, Charlotte Flair was defending against Dewdrop. I'm going to throw something through my wall. And... Guess how Dewdrop lost, Ella? Uh, I don't know. Did, like, the freaking doll show up or something? Is she still feuding with the doll? 
No, no, uh, no, no. Charlotte, Ava Charlotte Marie. killed the doll, and Alexa. Eva Marie. Eva Marie showed Eva Marie's music hit, and uh, Dewdrop was distracted. Eva Marie didn't come out. It was and, just her music. Like it wasn't even as she jumps out and stares at her, and then suddenly she loses. Yeah, it was just her music. <laughs> and then Charlotte here with a natural selection, Pinder one, two, three, and that was it. Uh, Eva Marie uh, then came out. Started giving a promo about how she's better than anybody else. This actually might have been in a different segment, but uh, this this would make you happy. Shayna Baszler came out while she was giving that promo and promptly Stone Cold Steve Austin killed Eva Frosty. Marie. Yeah, yeah. And it was. Get her out of there. So, Just yeah. Kill Just kill her. End uh, it now. End it now. Half the title matches on Raw were good. You know what? That's fair. I saw one thing from Raw on Twitter that I do want to speak about just briefly. I think Bearcat is a great name. Keith Let Bearcat me Lee. Say that. Yes. yes. Keith, Keith Lee. Bearcat Lee. Keith Lee I has think. been off TV for a while. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah. He re-debuted with a with a new name. He's Keith Bearcat Lee. I don't get it. But a, a, what's wrong with it? El, yeah, bear you cat. like it. It's a Bearcat. I mean, it's like Cincinnati. The Bearcat's always been fun. I know there was a historic wrestler who was called Bearcat, I believe. He was one of the first black wrestlers to win a title. I cannot remember which one it was, but personally, I didn't even know that when I heard Bearcat. I was just like, yeah, that's a sweet name. Have you ever actually okay. seen a Bearcat? Because uh, I know but, I've shown you. I know I've shown you. I know I've shown you a Bearcat before. Yes, you have shown me a Bearcat before. They're not very intimidating. <laughs> you don't know that from the name. You don't, but I know that. Sounds like but I know that the, the I know that the mascot costume for for Cincinnati does not look like a bearcat. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you know what? Go Bearcats, Keith Lee, go for it. Yeah, and then the one non-title match that I just wanted to highlight because how could it have been bad? Uh, Matt Riddle was in a match with AJ Styles, and it's the best. It's probably the best non. Well, actually, no, it is technically a title feud that they're building up, but uh, Matt Riddle is in a tag team, RK-Bro, him and Randy Orton, and it's, uh, the feud is him versus AJ Styles and Omos, and it's fun because AJ Styles and Omos are apparently friends, but RK-Bro is, they're, they're good friends, and they're probably the most over tag team in WWE right now. It's just funny. That is, I know, that is funny in a sick kind of way. Matt I know Riddle you. I know me. you don't. You just don't like Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle disturbs me. I don't like so many things about him. I don't like that he reminds me of a dude I went to high school with. I do not like that he wears no shoes. Um, <laughs> that's bad and weird. I'm sorry. I don't like anything about Matt Riddle, but I am glad you're having fun. <laughs> Well, I'm not the only one having fun. Simon Miller thinks they're great. Good for him as well. Uh, Randy Orton, you know what? He needs someone to make him feel a little more youthful. They're, they're best friends, and they have the tag team titles. Yeah. He deserves a friend Good for Randy Orton. Uh, honestly, I'm just glad that they didn't break them up two weeks uh, yeah. into, into the friendship. I mean, the draft is coming. You think they're going to get broken up? I have no idea, but WWE tends to do that with the first time a tag team gets successful. Uh, 
or starts being something people enjoy, it's immediately like split them up, send them to separate brands, make everyone sad. So I don't know, but, but I think the fact that they've stayed together and haven't been broken up yet, it, it makes the tag titles a little more important. That is good. Yeah. And that's a problem that WWE's had for years. The mm-hmm. tag team titles have been uh, held by uh, weekly put together odd couple teams to say the least, like not even official tag teams. Yeah. And, and SmackDown, they did, they're doing this a little better because the Usos are the SmackDown tag team champions. Right. That's and they're good. a real tag team. Yes. So I'm not a fan of blank and blank tag teams. Uh, yeah. You should at least give them a name. Right. Then also like, don't, don't have a blank and blank tag team with a title. Give them a name. The exception to this is when they make that part of the storyline as they did with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I was just about to bring that up, yes. actually. <laughs> like, the fact that they made that part of the storyline of, man, we're not even a real tad team. Can we be a real tad team? No, I'm going to push you away because I can't deal with my feelings. All of that good stuff. <laughs> was it's, all, it's all part of the long, winding Hangman storyline. Please come back, sad cowboy. We miss you. I don't know when he's coming back, but it's going to be big when he does. Before November. He's coming back before November. I know it's gotta be, it's got to be before November. Well, no, I know this because he's on a poster in November. He is? He's on a poster for the show in Virginia on November something, 17th, I think. Oh, man. He's on a poster in November. But he has to come back before full gear. I don't, I don't know, Aaron. I'm yeah. starting to doubt. You think the slow burn is going to be even slower? I'm starting to doubt. I'm starting to think it might be revolution. Uh, Which is fine. At this point, I'll accept it because I can't drive to Minneapolis. Yes. Have re- revolution in Dallas, Texas. Anywhere near, anywhere near here because I want to see it. Dallas, St. Louis. I will drive to Arkansas. I don't know if they have arenas in Arkansas. I will drive to Arkansas. Kansas City. Um... They could put it in a college basketball arena in, in Arkansas. They totally could. The the I arena, mean, I would pray for the, the arena in Fayetteville is gigantic. Yeah. Arkansas but anyway, surprisingly basketball school. Have they ever had a wrestling show like a pay-per-view in the Chesapeake Arena? No, I I don't think people do pay-per-views in Oklahoma. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Anyway. They don't. You can have a wrestling first. There are so few of those left in the world. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's going to that's gonna end it for the wrestling segment. We're going to get into football. We have a lot of important things to get to here. We uh, we're going to talk about what happened last weekend, and we're going to start it off with the ACC being an absolute train wreck. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is this way. You can tell it's a train wreck because of the way it is. Clemson yeah, I, uh, I learned something about the ACC today. I learned that they have a full name, and it is the Atlantic Coast Conference, which personally I think gives the ACC – it sounds so much more like what the ACC is than, you know, the ACC. They don't deserve an SEC name. They don't deserve a, an acronym. They get to be the Atlantic Coast Conference, which is definitely either a tiny airline or an annual fisherman's meetup. Well, one thing is for sure, they definitely don't deserve their name now. No. They don't deserve the ACC. No, they're the Atlantic Coast Conference for the rest of the year. And that's because Clemson lost to NC State in double overtime. <laughs> sure did. Uh, 
and th- th- this happened for a myriad of reasons. Number one, DJ Uyongalale needs he he needs some work. He's kind of in the same boat as Spencer Rattler, and we will get to that later. I have some very very choice words Woo! about that Spencer Rattler issue. But for now, Clemson. For now, Clemson. Uh, DJ Uyongalale uh, came in with huge huge preseason hype because he actually didn't play that badly when he was taking over for Trevor Lawrence for two games last season. Uh, he, he's listed as the best prospect. He'll probably go number one, no matter what, just because of his measurables. Cause he's tall. He has huge gigantic legs. They actually highlighted that on the replay that I watched. Uh, his legs actually are like tree trunks. It's insane. NXT debut. NXT debut, <laughs> yes. Uh, Clemson also suffered from a very large number of injuries. I couldn't even count. That's awful. Yeah, it, I saw it, that, and it's just, I it's mean. absolutely horrible. rough. Like, they had two middle linebackers go out with an injury. And there's, you can't, you just can't recover from that because it's impossible to have that level of depth. There's not uh, much overcoming this. And unrelated to the injuries and all that, because that's kind of it, it Clemson just plagued by injuries spotty quarterback play and penalties mm-hmm. um one of the fun things to watch with those penalties is brent venables brent venables former defensive coordinator for ou he is an absolute madman i noticed this while i was while i was watching this replay last night they had a camera trained on him the entire time every time they mentioned him quick go to brent venables look he's talking to a player look he's just going absolutely insane I it's it's I heard they had this when uh Mike Stoops was still coaching on the sideline in his second stint at OU yeah glad that they uh moved Mike Stoops up to the booth because he would have been causing scenes on a daily basis but Venables definitely I mean that man is going to have an aneurysm (laughs) at some point he is so tightly wound on the sidelines at all time He's and, like, so, when Chris is playing as bad as they are, I can't blame him, but he is a madman. He's an absolute madman. <laughs> it, it's just – if, if you want to see what I mean, just – just I'm because I'm sure anyone listening to this actually has a base knowledge of college football and has seen Brent Venables before. There are five people listening to this that are all your yeah. friends. You, yes. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't – Aaron's friends are if you don't if you don't look up Brent Venables because it's a mess <laughs> the dude knows how to coach a defense but my god he's insane uh and then another uh, a few more reasons why why the ACC is a is a smoking trash heap right now hmm. North Carolina came in ranked this season at number 10 after they lost uh their two best running backs some receivers they lost some guys off the defense they got smoked by Georgia Tech Ramblin' Wreck. Who is still trying to build a roster mm-hmm. after they switched from the triple option. So <laughs> yeah. they got a lot of issues on their side, but Georgia Tech managed to beat North Carolina by 20-plus points. It doesn't normally look too bad to get beat by Georgia Tech. Right now it does. Right now it does. Right now it looks real bad. Yeah, it looks real bad, and I just feel sorry for Mac Brown because I – the dude, I don't know. He's been able to recruit. It's really weird, but it just, it's just not coming together. I mean, he has. Matt Brown 
was never a bad recruiter. I really don't think he was ever the problem with Texas in terms of recruiting. No, he wasn't. Like, they had some issues, but it wasn't on Matt Brown's end. And I think he's – yeah, that's one of his skill sets even as an old coach. You know? And, and here, here's kind of like the cherry on top of the cake. Uh, Florida State. Let's just preface this. Florida State is one of the oldest and most proud programs in Atlantic Coastal Conference history. Sure are. They are 0-3. Florida State has not won a game, and one of those games was against an FCS team. (laughs) I mean, that really just... And and here's another reason I, I feel bad for Florida State, but it's not really Florida State. I feel really, really bad for Mackenzie Milton. Why do you feel really bad for Mackenzie Milton? You remember that UCF quarterback that broke his leg and might have never been able to walk again? Yeah. That's him. Oh. He transferred to Florida State after last season. Oh, no, really? And he is their starting quarterback. Florida State went from pretty much like they probably should have beaten Notre Dame who blew the doors off Wisconsin this last weekend. They went from almost beating Notre Dame to, to losing to Jacksonville State. And let's see. I, I, just need, I just need to see who else they lost to because yeah, it that team is not much better. McKenzie Milton is pretty much the reason why UCF was able to go undefeated. No, I remember Not that now, yeah, and then I remember his horrible, absolutely horrific injury, and I didn't know he had actually come back. Yeah, he came back. Gosh. He came back, and it's one of the most inspiring things you can ever see. I mean, because... truly, the fact that he came back at all, regardless of Florida State's record after ah. him transferring, yeah, any of that is amazing. They lost they to Louisville. They lost to Louisville. That's not the worst thing It's ever. not the worst thing ever, but – it's Florida State should still have the talent to be able to beat a team like Louisville. You're Florida State. You're Florida State. Come on. Get it together. Yeah. So, so where this leaves us is who is actually the best team in the ACC at this point, because the teams that were listed as teams that could be good are now, frankly, uh, nothing but garbage as the late great, Macho Man Randy Savage would say. <laughs> I personally think the best team in the ACC right now is the undefeated Wake Forest. I, I have no choice but to agree with you. I mean, you really don't. There they are haven't no allowed more than 20 points in any game this year. Yeah. Disclaimer, they haven't really played anybody, but I think – but they'll get a chance. They'll get a, I think they'll get a chance this weekend because uh, – uh, They will. We actually picked that. I think we we picked their game this weekend. Mm-hmm. We did. So, yeah. Wake Forest looks absolutely phenomenal. They and do. And I can't wait to see how the, the season played out, plays out. Wake Forest has won this conference before, and I'm ready to and see them do it again. I'm ready to see them do it again, hopefully. We'll see if Clemson can actually manage to put it together because they could actually win the conference on talent alone. But there's just something fundamentally wrong with them at this point yeah I think Clemson's got too much going on to put it back together at this point I don't know if it'll be Wake Forest who wins but it won't be Clemson that's where I'm at I'm really hoping it's Wake Forest me too I'm really hoping 
Go Wake Forest. If not them, I, I would be okay with NC State. I've always kind of liked NC. Yeah, I've NC always kind of liked is, NC State. Yeah. NC State's a fun team. So so that wraps up the the ACC garbage. No, I'm sorry. The Atlantic Coastal Conference. Yes. Garbage heap. They are current. They are like the Mid South Airlines of conferences at the moment. Man, what what does that mean? I've never heard that. Okay, so shout out to the Shutdown Podcast. Aaron, go listen to the Shutdown Podcast. Okay. The Atlantic Coastal Conference, Atlantic Coastal Airlines, sounds like it should be a tiny thing that flies to a couple of places in New Jersey and, like, Florida. And that's it. That is where the ACC is at on name value because the ACC, you know, you hear the ACC and you think, okay, yeah, sure, they can be a power five. That sounds about right. If yeah, what, told what, was you the, what was that Mid-South thing you were talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's a tiny, tiny airline. Oh, okay. That was the comparison. It's, a, it's an absolutely minuscule defunct airline. And that is what the ACC sounds like. Like if you said this football team is in the Atlantic Coastal Conference to someone who knows nothing about football, they would be like, okay, that's like the MAC. No disrespect to the MAC. Maction's cool. Maction is pretty cool. Love American football at 9 p.m. on a weeknight. But yeah, no, I, I get I get what you mean there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in other news, uh, Oklahoma State actually man actually looked good this weekend. Mm-hmm. This no, past weekend, this past weekend, they actually managed to do something that OU hasn't been able to do in two years, which is beat Kansas State. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, OSU absolutely dominated in the first half. They didn't score in the second half, but that, that might have been. Uh, Mike Gundy taking his foot off the gas or whatnot, but so. but that just kind of makes this first half a little bit more impressive. OSU managed to put up 31 points in the first half. Man, I and impressive. yeah, they managed to put up 31 points in the first half. I had Kansas State winning this game just because I didn't think OSU was going to be able to do something do to do anything against their defense. Good, yeah. Um, so it's just kind of wild to see that they actually managed to put a whole game together. I think part of this is because Kansas state has no starting quarterback. Now, now that Skylar Thompson is injured and actually uh, is expected to remain out when OU goes up to Manhattan this weekend. That's, uh, I, I hate to say it's good that anyone is injured, but I think that makes our chances just a little bit better. It kind of helps. I, I would like to win this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to not lose to Kansas State three years in a row. I think that would be nice. So, yeah. Another reason, uh, Spencer Sanders actually looked like a pretty decent quarterback. He threw over 30 passes in this game, which is, I think, a new total for him. He had, like, 300-plus yards. He ran for – I'm pretty sure he ran for a touchdown or two. Uh, Jalen Warren had over 120-something yards rushing. They just kind of put it all together. They put it all together. It went well. And now they're going into a week into a game this weekend against Baylor, which is going to be a much bigger test. Because mm-hmm. Baylor actually looks like a complete football team from what I've seen this year. For the first time in a while, let's be real here. For the first time in a while. Last year they had a pretty decent defense during the, the COVID year. But they, I don't think they could do much 
offensively. They were pretty complete in the in that year where they went to the Big 12 title when Matt That's Rule true. was coaching. Yeah. They looked pretty good there. But it's it's but been a bit. It's it's been a couple years since uh they've actually looked as good as they have. It's going to be a top 25 matchup. So yeah. that'll be fun. Be a good uh, game. OSU actually might manage to sell out their stadium. Yes. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, like, yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully OSU actually manages to f- manages to fill their stadium for this. That'd be fun. Uh, and going into Kansas State's opponent this weekend, ah. I have some choice words here. OU is going up to play Kansas State this weekend, and uh, I I saw a comment on Bleacher Report, which I'm not going to give much credit, but credit to, but this person did have a point. Uh. Ellie, I, I, I think you might agree with me here. I don't think this road game could have come at a better time. Yeah, we need to get out of the stadium. Because, I, don't, um, I don't think this road game could have come at a better time for OU and specifically Spencer Rattler. Yes. So, so those of you listening, I, I, want you, I want you all to buckle in for a second because I have, I have some things to say. All right. OU has problems. OU has problems, but uh, Spencer Rattler is not that one single problem. There are multiple problems that you can point to. Namely, OU hasn't had a single uh, starting lineup on the offensive line for an entire game yet this year, and we've already played four games. they just recently actually picked a starting center. We'll see if that actually sticks for this weekend. We haven't picked a starting tackle yet. I think we're still shuffling around the guards. Right tackle, I think, might be the only position that has actually stayed constant for, the, for this entire season. And because of this, OU can't run the ball. Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray can't do squat. Uh and it's causing teams to just sit back, play two high safeties, and that's the end of it because now they're just going to play some stupid umbrella coverage, and now our receivers can't get more than five yards after the catch. It's absolute bullcrap, and because this offensive line has not been set, we cannot build further to give Spencer more time, uh, give him time to make better decisions. The load – ends up falling onto Spencer because we cannot run the ball. That is that. Spencer has his own issues, but part of it comes from not having any time to throw at all. He has to throw more on the move. He can't sit in the pocket. He, and sometimes he does hold the ball for a little longer than he should. But the problem is, the offensive line is not set and for this team to grow and get better unless that offensive line is set that growth will not happen at all those fans that were booing spencer rattler this weekend are absolute idiots armchair coaching armchair quarterbacking though that is the spirit of this show armchair quarterbacking and armchair coaching are two of the worst things on this planet. Those who think they know better than Lincoln Riley, those who think they know better than, than their team's coach, 
are probably wrong. In the NFL, it's a little different because management, you, you can poorly manage a team and it won't be the coach's fault. In college, you might want to put all the blame on a coach, but here's the thing. I guarantee you they know more about football than you do. That is the bottom line. And I don't want to hear it from anyone else anymore because if OU goes out there and lays an absolute beatdown, opens up a can of whoop-ass on Kansas State Wildcats, and they still give Spencer this load of crap, I, I just I don't know what needs to be said anymore because clearly these people are just absolute dumbasses and don't want to hear it. And this weekend in Manhattan, Kansas, I'm going to show all of you people what for. Yeah, maybe Spencer Rattler needs to do a you people promo. He's earned it. He's more than earned it. These fans were absolutely horrendous last game. They were terrible. I mean, chanting for the backup, booing your own team, it is the height of distastefulness. And that, that, that's, another, that's another thing I need to say. The grass is not always greener, if ever. Never. With your starting quarterback moving to your backup. However, I do say Caleb Williams will probably be one of the best quarterbacks Lincoln Riley has ever had. He's but, a freshman. But is, that, but is this the right decision to switch in the middle of the year? In the middle of a game. When Spencer Rattler has proven that he can be a fantastic quarterback, like just, just, watch, just watch the tail end of last season and you will see why. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. I'm done. I don't want right. to talk about this anymore. I will get angry. <laughs> You're already pretty angry, buddy. These fans need to shut up, take a seat, and and just hope that the offensive line comes together because if that offensive line comes together, this team will realize its full potential because I tell you what, OU's not getting credit for their defensive play yet this year. Mm -hmm. It's probably because they haven't played anybody with with an offense, the caliber worth worth praising, but they have done – everything to give this offense a chance to succeed and until that offensive line comes together it just won't I this think team is winning based on defense alone yeah i think you've said everything there is to say about it honestly these fans were terrible i can't imagine what they think was going to happen from putting in a freshman backup quarterback in the middle of a game while we were tied or losing um other than bad things. This was just stupid. I'm glad the game is over. Most miserable football experience of my year so far. Like, if you, if you think uh, taking Spencer out in that scenario with the offensive line in the state that it is, what makes you think that putting in a freshman, what good do you think putting in a freshman who has no experience on the college level other than playing against his own team in scrimmages or against Western Carolina. Right. What good is that going to do? That's all there is to it. What good is that going to do if you're going up against a team that was actually the the best defense in the Big 12 last season in West Virginia? And truly. One of the the best defensive lines OU might face all year, unless, of course, they manage to put it together and go to the playoffs. Like – 
it, it's just, it's not a good recipe for success. I mean, there's the saying, you have, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Exactly. And I think it would, yeah. West Virginia actually kind of proves that this weekend. They played two quarterbacks yep. and it kind of bit them in the ass. You got two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. <sighs> so now that I got that off my chest. Deep breaths. Let's, let's move on to, some, on to some happier news. The Cleveland Browns won again. Woo! Cleveland Browns won again. Miles Garrett led Cleveland to nine sacks in this game. Beautiful. Apparently, apparently, uh, Chicago's offensive line is absolute just crap. It sounded like. You don't allow nine sacks and hope to win. <laughs> uh, we were listening to this on the radio, or at least for most of the game. Uh, on the way down to the New Japan. AM radio, might I add. On AM radio, which was actually a fantastic experience. The only way we could get it on the way down to Dallas. I just want to shout out. I know he won't hear this, but whoever is doing play-by-play for the Cleveland Browns is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic play-by-play, radio, play-by-play guy. And you don't, get, you don't get to call a game in the NFL – on radio unless you're one of the best in the business and every sack just he just he was so enthusiastic and i the, the tone of the am radio just kind of made it a little better because it just sounds so old school it was a really great broadcast i will agree yeah so uh they looked good shut down chicago and at now as a result all th- i saw this just uh yesterday maybe on maybe on uh, no, no, it would have been just yesterday. Uh, it was when I was watching the, the repeat of the Clemson game. Chicago is now down all three of their starting quarterbacks. Oh, boy. All three quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and Justin Fields are now all hurt in some fashion. That's really not good. It's not good. That's really and bad. Nine sacks will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah, especially when four, four and a half of them come from one guy. That's a franchise record, by the way. Miles Garrett broke that. Uh, he pretty much he had like half of the half of Cleveland's sacks on his own. Mm-hmm. No, that's really impressive for him, and I just I think that uh, I think that he's one of their strongest assets right now on the defense. Yeah, and and now with Chicago missing uh, three of their quarterbacks, I think we're going to be seeing some pretty bad football overall. The Bears. From the Bears. We might actually see them on Pillow Fight of the Week eventually. Not this week. Not this week, but maybe in the coming weeks. Um, Atlanta won their Pillow Fight of the Week last week. Good for them. They did it. Atlanta won. So, uh, and that actually might make the Giants one of the worst teams in the NFL. I would be willing to agree with that assessment. I mean, you lost to the Falcons, buddy. You look at their talent and you wouldn't think that. Like, because they got Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. They got some pretty well, decent players on that team. But for for whatever reason, the, the Giants just can't win a dang game. I think I actually, ha- I actually have them on the pillow and the pillow fight of the week this week, too. Oh, boy. Or it's one of the choices. It's one of our choices. All right. Also, uh, the Jameis bandwagon, uh, it's rolling on without us, I guess. He had, a, he, had a, uh, he had a nice bounce back game against the Patriots. And 
that's saying something because Bill Belichick always finds a way to have a defense and make bad quarterbacks look worse. So J- Jameis had no turnovers and two touchdowns this game. That's, that's just the bottom line. We jumped off the bandwagon too early, I think. I'm okay with not being on the bandwagon, though, because I really yeah. don't think it's going to turn out that well in the end. It'll be fun to watch regardless. But we probably did jump off a little early. Uh, just goes to show, once again, the bandwagon has no business being a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's the bandwagon true. has no business being a thing unless the team or player is actually as good as advertised. No, you were good when you said the bandwagon has no business being a thing. We're just yeah. always going to jump on it because that's what sports fans do. Um, and anyone who jumped on the Chiefs bandwagon this season should now be off of it. Yes. The Chiefs okay. lost to the Chargers. The Chiefs lost to the Chargers. Wow. Okay. Chargers aren't bad, but they're definitely not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, it, 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 I tell you what, this is really making that Browns game against the Chiefs. Uh, it, it's really, it's kind of making Cleveland look bad because Cleveland really had every opportunity to win that game. And they just didn't. And now the Chiefs have lost two games in a row. I mean, that was really just a weird anomaly, I think, the the Browns-Chiefs game. I I don't even know what happened there. It doesn't make sense with the things we're seeing play out every week. Yeah, I think it just goes to show that there is a lot of parity in the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs, I actually, um, there is something I do need to say about the Chiefs that might have attributed to this loss. Uh, Andy Reid was actually just released from the hospital uh, earlier this week, their head coach, because of dehydration. And uh, I guess he was taken out of the game. Wow. Uh, last week at some point. But, man, uh, if the, what? That will get you. Dehydration. Yeah. yeah. Hydrate or dihydrate. Uh, that, wow. That's a, it is something that will stay true through the rest of time. Hydrate or dihydrate. Yes. So, yeah, if the Chiefs don't pick it up, I mean, there are going to be a lot of upset fans mm-hmm. that had them winning it all. Yeah. This year after they retooled the offensive line, they brought in Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey. He's starting at center from the get-go. I mean, he's a really great center. Creed's fantastic, and I'd like to see him do well, but, you know, they're, just, they're not doing great right now. Yeah, I, they'll probably turn it around in some fashion, but uh, – their defense, the Browns again, who knows? their defense certainly doesn't look any better than it was last year. So uh, now we're going to get into pick them. Very important segment. So oh, yeah. uh, to recap last week, Ella beat me. Ella sure beat did. me. I, I went five and five last week. Ella went six and four. You could have gone se- You could have gone seven and three if you weren't so bitter about Texas. I'm not picking Texas. I know. I know you're not picking Texas, but I tell you what, you could have gone seven and three. I don't care. I'll take that. You could have beaten me handily. I mean, I still beat you. The win's a win, Aaron. I'm going to give you credit for that UTSA pick, though. That was impressive. Uh Meet me. Yeah, and they're probably going to they're probably going to win again this this week too. Now now that they're getting into conference play, like it's all it's all but done. UTSA's are in rough shot over Conference USA this year. It's all downhill from here for UTSA. They have got the easy path. Yeah, they got the easy path. So now we're going to get into picks for this week. Um, 
starting off, so I actually listed these games differently from last week. We're going from my most confident picks down to my least confident. That makes more sense. So uh, starting out, Oregon at Stanford. Yep. Uh, Oregon struggled quite a bit with Arizona this last weekend, surprisingly. And I have – but I have Oregon winning this game. Uh, I don't think Stanford's – Stanford's a good team, but I just don't think they're good enough to beat Oregon. They gave yeah, UCLA a run Oregon, for the money. I was just going to say that Stanford's not very good. Yeah. So. Stanford's not very good. They, they gave UCLA a run for their money, but UCLA isn't that good either. It, I do like seeing UCLA win, though. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, next pick. This is important. This is important for all of us. I actually might be switching my, uh, this game to my most confident. Louisville at Wake Forest. Undefeated Wake Forest will remain undefeated this game and every other. Wake Forest is going to run the table, maybe. I, I, I'd like to see it. Destroy I'd like to see them. it, but I but – I, I don't want to claim that anyone's going to run the table because we're only getting into week five. <laughs> it is week five. Yes. So, but Wake Forest is going to win this game and I might move it up to my, to my most confident uh, as we go on this week. Cause I tell you what, they look good and they haven't allowed over 20 points all year. I'm feeling really good about that. Uh, next game, we got Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, I got Michigan, especially after how bad Wisconsin looked against uh, Notre Dame this last weekend. Yeah, I got Michigan. Uh, that Notre Dame game was disappointing. I wanted Notre Dame to lose, and they didn't. So, uh, you know. It, it will be an, an interesting game, though, because Wisconsin will probably be able to stop Michigan from running the ball. Maybe. The difference between uh, Michigan and Notre Dame is that Notre Dame actually has – uh, an established quarterback. We still don't know if Michigan's quarterback is actually good enough to do anything important yet. True. So if Wisconsin can shut down Michigan running the ball, then Wisconsin at home might be enough to win this game. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think uh, Wisconsin's going to be good enough to win it. No, I don't think so. I think Michigan will win. Yeah. And we're matching. Why are we matching these picks? We can't keep doing that. We're supposed to be controversial. Just go to the next game. I've made my picks. You made me write them down this week. You made me write them down in advance this week. Hey, it's easier to keep track of this way. No spontaneity so, allowed. Next game, uh, Auburn at LSU. Uh, LSU beat Mississippi State, but not by much. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think they're good enough to beat Auburn – Auburn looks fairly decent, and LSU, I haven't seen enough to make me think they're actually good. So, yeah, I, I think Auburn's going to win this game. It is a night game at LSU, to say the least, so maybe maybe LSU's got a shot, but I think Auburn's going to win. Uh, fine, I also picked Auburn. <laughs> so, are you telling me that you, you would switch picks based on what I'm picking? No, I'm saying I also picked Auburn. I know, but it, it sounds like you're saying this begrudgingly. Like you'd I almost, did. yeah, I would. Like you'd almost it. pick against me just for fun. Why wouldn't I pick against you just for fun? That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's gotten me a winning record so far. You know what? Screw it, LSU. Oh, come on. <laughs> yep, 
I'm going for it. This is probably the worst game to do this on. But I don't even know who coaches LSU anymore. Is Coach O still there? Yeah, Coach O's still there. Okay, well then Coach O, Cookie Monster. He's got it this week. All right. So uh, next game. Uh I next game, uh I actually listed this in the wrong order. Um I have these next two games flipped. Uh Ole Miss at Alabama. Why do you I even actually, put why do you even put Alabama games on here? Because it's on the pick'em list. We're both going to pick Alabama, and we're always going to pick Alabama. Yeah, except here's the thing. I do have faith in Joey Freshwater. I don't. I have faith. I, I think Ole Miss can win this game. Joey Dishwater? Joey Freshwater. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the internet alias of, um, of the Lane Train, Lane Kiffin. I think the Lane Train can roll in this game. Because Ole Miss had a bye week this last week. They've had two weeks to prepare for Alabama. And they, act, they actually look like they have a defense this year. I think they'll be ready. So you're telling me you're picking Ole Miss? I'm not because See, I'm afraid. I'm not pick. because I'm afraid to. I told you you were going to pick Alabama, you coward. You I coward. Know, I, pick Ole Miss. Pick Ole I, Miss. Do you believe in them or do you not? Uh, let's hold on another. Oh. No, I'm not going to because I already have another upset pick for this weekend. Shame. I'm going to call you a coward later. Just you wait. All right, all right, all right. Ne- next game, we got Cincy, Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Yep. Notre Dame just looked – they looked too good. They looked too good last weekend against, uh, against Wisconsin for me to pick Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a chance here. No, see, that's but, where you're on. I'm picking Keith Bearcat Lee to win this game. Picking the Bearcats. Picking the Bearcats. I, I definitely respect that pick. I definitely respect that pick. Um, I, I flip-flopped on this one. I thought Cincinnati does have a chance, but I, you saw Notre Dame last weekend. They looked pretty I good. I saw Notre Dame last weekend. Yeah. They were so, in Chicago. They had some weird energy. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. I got, I got Notre Dame in that one. Yeah. Uh, then the next one, Baylor playing at Oklahoma State. This game's going to be good. This game is going to be really good. It's actually a top 25 matchup, as I said earlier in the show. Um, I'm still afraid to pick Oklahoma State. I'm going Baylor. I'm going Baylor here. By ranking standards, it would be an upset, and I do think OSU is favored to win. It's fine. Yeah, I'm picking OSU just because they looked fine last week. I mean, better than they have. And I, I don't know. Baylor's doing okay. They're doing better than they have been also, but – you don't think they're ready? I, I'm not confident in them, no. Well, it has, it, so it's been a very long time yeah. since uh, Baylor's beaten OSU in Stillwater. We'll yeah. see if they can break that curse this weekend. It'd be interesting. I, but I, I, and I have, a feeling that, I have a feeling they'll do it. I think their defense is good enough. It's mm-hmm. better than K-State's. And I, I think their offense is good enough to do something. Maybe so. So, so we'll see. Next game, Ohio State at Rutgers, and I have Rutgers winning. (laughs) I'm going to roll with Greg Schiano and the Scarlet Knights. This is actually probably one of another poor game to pick, Mm -hmm. a poor game to to flip on. As as you flipped your uh, your pick in the LSU game, you flipped Auburn to LSU. Uh I'm not going to do that. 
I, I have confidence in Rutgers and their defense that they can do this. They, they held Michigan that. to 20 points, and, they di- and Michigan did not score in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. Rutgers adjusted and shut them down. And I don't think Ohio State is in the position defensively or offensively to go up against Rutgers. It's a, this is a sneaky matchup. And I actually I, – I think Rutgers has a better chance than a lot of people think. Thinking Rutgers is for stats nerds and for children filling out brackets by mascots. But you know what? I respect it. It is kind of akin to picking Kansas. I'll say that. And I – and on I paper, mean, Rutgers looks fine. Most of the time they don't, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying uh, I'm, right now, just on paper, Rutgers looks fine. In general, eh. I know. It, it's, it's probably a little early to trust them, but I think they've looked good enough this season for me to warrant picking them, especially since Ohio State is on the road. Yeah, you know what? Go for it. I am picking Ohio State. but Yeah. yeah. And game. next game, please feel free to call me a coward again. I – no, 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 no. You can't do this, Aaron. You can't do this. You cannot abandon our beloved hogs right now. You can't. Uh, How dare you? I, I really, really, I'm afraid. How could you do this to me? To Ella, I'm hog? so afraid. I am so afraid. Georgia has looked the best out of any team not named Arkansas this year. You know what you do? You lack faith. I, I don't know. A&M is different. Faith. Trust. I saw that A&M had so many chinks in their armor, so many weak spots that I could pick at. I, I haven't seen it with Georgia yet. And Georgia was However, so looking, Georgia looking at Clemson fight. now – Looking yeah. at Clemson now, Arkansas might be the best team Georgia's faced all year. The problem is I don't think – I'm afraid about this matchup on the road. It'll be the toughest challenge Arkansas has faced yet by a mile, but I think they can do it. If they are the team of destiny, then maybe – I so badly want them to be. Then maybe – maybe I can grow the guts – to flip my pick to Arkansas. Yeah! I'm doing it. Woo! I'm going to do it. I'm flipping do my pick it. to Arkansas. Yes. Woo pig. I Woo just pig. hope I hope I'm not wrong. I'm going to This is I this is another case of jumping on the bandwagon. You know this, right? We have seen though that this bandwagon has wheels. This bandwagon is rolling. The bandwagon does have wheels. This bandwagon has potential. They will be on fire to come I out there believe, and play. I believe in the hearts of destiny, and you should too. All right. So, and then that brings me to my least confident game. It's probably going to go to my, my, my two-point game, but as <laughs> this is going to be a tough game, and I'm so afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid, but I do think that OU will be able to come out on top this week. They got all kinds of issues, but I think it will be – I think they'll be ironed out this week for, for at, least, at least enough to get them a win over a K-State team that does not have Skylar Thompson. Yeah. 
the quarterback that has two straight wins over OU in the last two years. I've got, I've got OU, but it's going to be miserable and it's going to be another game. I wish I didn't have to watch. Well, we'll hope. We'll hope. Yeah. We'll hope. I think there's going to be so much riding in OU's favor going into this game. The defense has looked good. I'm just hoping that Kansas State doesn't find a way to make yeah. Alex Grinch look like an idiot again. Because <sighs> they're good at that. Because that that has been the common denominator in both games that mm-hmm. OU has lost in the last two seasons. It's true. But I'm rolling. I'm rolling with my boys, and I'm just hoping, hoping that they can manage to fix some of those issues that they've had. Hope so. Make my rant ring true. <laughs> Make my rant ring true. I did not do that for nothing. I did that for my quarterback. Yeah. And now, uh, time for a, a very fun segment. We're going into our pillow fight of the week. Woo! I, I painstakingly picked these games in about five minutes today. Nice. Um, so going into the college set, we got USC at Colorado, mm. Southern Miss at Rice, and then UConn at Vandy. I was actually struggling to find a third game until I found University of Connecticut going to play at Vanderbilt. That's football for sad, sick people. And I on it, Vandy. Ugh. Southern Miss at Rice, I think, would be a cop out. Southern I, Miss at Rice, I think, is my pick for the pillow fight of the week. You're going with that because directional. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't even know if it's Mississippi or Missouri, and I don't want you to tell me. It's it's Southern Mississippi, alma mater. No, I said I didn't want you to tell me. Well, I told you anyway. Missouri versus the team literally named after food <laughs> is definitely my pillow fight of the week. However, UConn Bandy is um, great football for people who hate football. When I saw it, I actually thought USC at Colorado would win this uh, one. USC's got it by a But then, but Sorry, then I found University of Connecticut going to play at Vanderbilt. That's miserable. I'm, I'm going to roll with that one as my pillow fight of the week. Uh, I don't think any of those games are going to be televised on any channel that anyone can find. If no. you have ESPN Plus, maybe go and indulge. Go and indulge in probably some of the worst football you'll see all year. Enjoy UConn Vandy. Enjoy UConn Vandy if you dare. <laughs> uh, now for our NFL choices. Uh, mm-hmm. So Atlanta now is our first repeat attendant wow. for, for Pillow Fight of the Week. We got the football team uh, going to play at Atlanta. Uh, We have Detroit going to play at Chicago Mm. and Indianapolis going to play at Miami. Let me just say this. Two of these teams are without starting quarterbacks. Uh, Chicago's missing theirs, obviously. Miami is also missing theirs. I think I'm going to have to pick Indianapolis at Miami. It's a pretty decent pick. It's just, oh. You know? That's a pretty decent pick, but I think we're going to disagree again here. Okay. Because I'm going to roll with Detroit at Chicago because Chicago has no Bears. Chicago has no quarterbacks, and then there's the Detroit Lions. Yeah. One of the one of the actually they might be they might be the Kansas of of the NFL at this point. Isn't this game supposed to happen on Thanksgiving? Isn't this terrible Thanksgiving football in a nutshell? Uh, 
Detroit, Chicago, I'm not saying actually schedule-wise. I'm just saying, like, this is terrible Thanksgiving football is what that game is. That sounds like what you turn on at 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving. I think they actually played a couple of years ago. Detroit at Chicago. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they played that game a couple of years ago. So it's a good um, pillow fight of the week pick. Yeah, I'm going go, to go with that one. My choice, though, Indianapolis at Miami. I, those are just two terrible towns, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Miami is cursed. Indianapolis is prob- has probably got one of the worst names. I hate polises. Like, I think that it's so – I know there was a time when we all wanted to name things the polis because of Greece. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. You just think it's pretentious? When Rachel listens to this, she'll correct me. But, yeah, it's too fancy for Indiana. But, yeah, no, no. that Polis is a Greek thing. Yeah, I know. You're right I'm on saying, that. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. But um, Indianapolis versus Miami. At Miami will just be miserable. Well, what's wrong with Annapolis? I like Annapolis. So the Naval Academy is. Yeah, nothing wrong with Annapolis. But it's a Polis. Naval Academy there. But it's a polis. You don't like those. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the name. I don't mind the city except for it having Naval Academy. All right. Well, those are our pillow fights of the week. Uh, we are split on both of them. Detroit at Chicago and Indianapolis at Miami have tied. And then we are split in college between Southern Miss at Rice versus UConn at Vandy. UConn at Vandy is the worst game this week, and you will – if I'm it's telling you, Ellie, you're wrong. It wins the pillow fight every time. All right. Uh, that's going to about do it for our show this week. Uh, thanks for listening. I release them every Thursday on my own SoundCloud, or you can find them on the OCAST through SoundCloud or Spotify. And if there's anything you want discussed in future episodes, just let me know on my Instagram at Aaron the Squirrel. And once again, thanks for listening. Um, we'll hope to see you next week. And just remember, It is more fun in the cheap seats.